Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In. I am your host, Ricky. We have been tackling award season week in and week out. Um, and then this week, we are going to tackle the director position for the upcoming Oscars. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Jacob. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm pretty excited about Monday. Um, Monday's right around the corner. Oh. Jacob and I will be attending a press screening of The Lighthouse and I think both of us are super excited about it. Oh, yeah. It's my first ever press screening. I know you went to uh, go see Dolomite. Um, this is going to be my first ever actual press screening, so I'm ecstatic about it. I am a, I am as well. I mean, this is – obviously, I went to Dolomite as my name, which I thought was a fantastic movie. And I would highly recommend anybody that can see this film in theaters, please see it in theaters. Uh, it's, you're not going to have very many chances to do so. But before we get any further, we're going to go ahead and dive into this best director category where Jacob and I have a lot of similarities, but at the same time, there's one huge gaping difference. And I'm going to go ahead and throw the elephant in the room and start off with this one. Okay. I have locked in right now. And I personally, personally feel like this man is locked into the best director role right now, and that's Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I, I don't know what it is, Jacob, and, and I know you and I have, we've texted about this until we're both blue in the face, and I just have him locked in in this spot. I have him locked in right now in my fourth slot, um, and I, I just, I don't know what it is, man. I just feel like this is going to happen. I feel like this film's going to get a lot of nominations. I think if I text you earlier, I think I had it at seven or eight nominations for this film. And I just feel like it's all going to come together. Um, I'm surprised we haven't seen any of him yet, but I do expect a Quentin Tarantino appearance in the next couple weeks. And when he does, I think it's going to be big and elaborate, and it's going to put his face back on the forefront of this award race. Um. So, yeah, so... For me, I have Quentin Tarantino at six. Um, I just Tarantino to me is the biggest wild card of them all. Um, I think uh, him. It's either going to be him or Noah Baumbach. The other four I have, I feel like are locks. Um, I think either him or Noah Baumbach will get in. Um, I'll talk about Noah later. But at this point, yeah, with Quentin. I just I don't know what Quentin we're going to get. Um, the last thing he left us with was, you know, an interview that really kind of made a lot of people mad in a way. Um, he's never he's never been a big player in the director category. I think he's only been nominated once. Yep. Um, and I don't know. I think the uh, the Academy might. I think. And we'll talk about this on uh, – or we talked about this on a, our last podcast. Um, in screenplay, I think he's locked in. I don't think there's any chance of him getting out of screenplay. He's – the screen. The screenwriters love him. Um, I think the screenplay was fantastic. I think the screenplay is what really points to a lot of you know, the aura of the 60s and all that. But with director, it's just – for me at this moment, I don't see him as – a solidified lock like most other people do of course that can change you know with critics awards coming out uh globes being announced if he's announced for the globes I, i'm putting him in for director um but if he's not one of the top five at the globes um i just i don't know where i, I would place him 
uh, I think six for me right now is the spot. And I think, like I said, him and Noah Bombat could switch out. I mean, I could wake up tomorrow morning and have a complete change of heart and put, uh, put Quentin back in. But I think when people really start seeing their story, they start seeing what it is and how, how well it's shot and how kind of personal it is. I just, I think he gets the nod over, um, over Quentin. Yeah. So, um, Tarantino actually has two, I didn't know this two. He has two director nominations. You got one for Pulp is, Fiction. Is the other well. one for, uh, Pulp, for Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And, Pulp Fiction. He, got, he won the writing for, actually won the writing award for, uh, for Pulp, Pulp Fiction. And then he got directed directors for, um, Inglorious as well. Uh, yeah. I, and see the flip side of that is, is your six is Tarantino. My six is bomb or is Bombax. So they kind of go hand in hand. And to be honest with you, it's kind of sad for me that Bombax is not a lock because obviously we've talked about, we talked about a little bit maybe, but marriage story is the most complete film I saw this year. Mm-hmm. And I would, I, th- in my personal opinion, I think Bombax hands down deserves the nomination hands down but we're not just predicting on what we feel we're probably getting a, a feel for what the industry feels what we see foreseeing what other people are talking about and that's the one that that concerns me about Bombac. i think he's a lock in screenplay obviously um this movie's in a lock in several different categories best picture i think is a lock for this movie um actor actress don't don't no, no. What me, me and Ricky, we both have once upon a time for about nine or categories, but we are completely different on our categories. I was talking. So for I'm talking about Marriage Story is I was talking about Marriage Story this time for oh, best oh, picture. You, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Oh. I'm. Tra- I trans. Sorry. I sorry. Yeah, yeah. I transitioned to Marriage Story now. Oh, to good. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So no, no. Well, we are totally different about uh, Once Upon a Time. I think Once Upon a Time is a lock for at least seven or eight nominations, but. We'll transition to that in a different con- – I think we could have a whole conversation about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on a podcast together, which is might not be a bad idea. But for Marriage Story, I think it's a pretty much a lock every which way around when it comes to best picture, actor, supporting actress, actress. Um, I think that it's going to get the big – it's going to get all of them except for best director, and I think that's going to be depressing for me. And best supporting actor. Oh, supporting – yeah, supporting actor won't get either. But there yeah. was – Unless, unless they want to get Ray Liotta in there to do Chantix commercials. <laughs> yeah, I, and like I said, Mary's story is great. I loved it, and and I I would I don't hate the idea of him being in, but I think with him being in, I, I think somebody I think the next person we can transition to is actually my five, and that's Meryl Heller for a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Um, and I know that's she's a little bit higher on your radar, and you can talk about that in a second. But I, I can't wait to see this film. I'm tired of people talking about it and not have seen this film yet. It's so infuriating. I wish – now, don't get me wrong. Nashville Film Festival took a step in the right direction and actually got some really solid films this year. I hope next year they kind of step it up a little bit more. I'm really excited to see where that goes because this is the first year they really had a lot of features. But I am so ready to see A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And this comes out Thanksgiving, I think, right? So we're still yeah. a month out before we can see this film. Um, you have said it a thousand times, and I'll let you take lead on that because I know you have said that you've we've you've seen it everywhere. Heller kind of propels this film on another level. 
which is why the best director conversation is also happening right now. Um, yeah, so I've this is one of the few things where I have been harping on it for to Ricky for weeks, and he finally has uh, has succumbed to it. Um, <laughs> I have, I have, because about two weeks ago, I was I was not on the Heller bandwagon. And as of today, I am. And, and she's, like I said, she's my five, but I know she's a lot higher for you. Um, yeah, so she's my two. Uh, Mara, oh, Mariel Heller, uh, star of Pop Star, has, takes the, takes films that nobody else would take. Last year, she took one of the most absolutely boring concepts I've ever heard of and made it so compelling and so beautiful and propelled uh, Melissa McCarthy into what I thought was last year's best performance from a female lead. Um, this year, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, 95% of the, of the directors you talk to would not take this. Scorsese wouldn't take it. Tarantino wouldn't take it. If, I mean, if you ask them, not that they were asked, but you know, if you did ask them, I doubt they would take it. Um, Spielberg, maybe, but I wouldn't want to see a Spielberg mr rogers movie um but going back on that this is a movie that that if it is not good it could destroy careers um in that same vein this is a movie that people are going to love in general and i've been hearing for weeks from everyone who's seen it um i've been listening to the next best picture podcast they had a uh podcast on it um I can't remember, um, but I've just been seeing everywhere that uh, Mariela Heller absolutely elevates this film and that she shouldn't only be in the conversation. Actually, Robert Daniels is one of the ones who said she shouldn't only be in the conversation. She should be l- almost leading the conversation and be um, kind of be in the lead of the conversation. Uh, it's. I haven't seen the movie, of course, but how she can make it moving and how she can make it real and honest and how she can take this kind of, oh, I can't talk right now, how she can kind of take what is going on and not make it all about um all about Mr. Rogers. She doesn't, this, this movie isn't about Mr. Rogers. Um, and that's why Tom Hanks is in the supporting category because he's not the lead of the film. But the way Meryl Heller can do that and how she absolutely can just own the screen, I I have her as a lock. I have her in at number two. Um, I don't think anyone's going to take over my number one, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but I have her dead set right there. Yeah, I – this is another one of those you've kind of harped on it, harped on it. I was like, man, all right, okay, fine. But I, I am one of the things that's kind of very impressive from the outside looking in. Obviously, I'm not seeing the film is the fact that she made a film about Mr. Rogers, and Mr. Rogers is not going to be in the best actor category. It blows my mind. Like, it, yeah, exactly. That, and and you said that, but it, like that, the, the art of that is kind of mind blowing when I think about it, and it's just. That is creativity at the biggest platform because I've heard Matthew Reyes is just as good, if not better, than Hanks in this film. And to take a beautiful story about this 
absolutely marvelous man. And you're right. If this is a movie's bad, there is a lot of people that are going to, you know, Mara Heller could have been disappeared for a couple years before she was even, you know, making another movie. But this, everybody that's seen it has loved this film. I can't wait to see it. Um, I am in on the bandwagon. I think that, honestly, like I said, I have her at five. Um, I, I, I am a lot stronger on Tarantino than a lot of people, including my counterpart here. But I just feel like at five right now, it's, it's her on back. And I really feel like she just, when it comes down to it, that diversity is going to play a factor in the director nominees as well. Because I think there was going, there's so many good female directing, uh, roles this year. Uh, to personally, obviously, the one that I'm going to mention is somebody that's being mentioned um, that we've both have said that we hope this film is just not very good, and that's Greta uh, Greta Gerwig with Little Woman. Um, her name's being thrown up there, but my personal favorite so far that I've seen is obviously Lulu Wang and The Farewell. I think that if this was any other year, she should be a, a lock in, um, and, it, and I think it's a sad thing that she's not because The Farewell is a beautiful film. Yeah, I I think what they're going to do, they're going to give The Farewell, um, yes, they're going to give it screenplay. For sure. And so I think that would be, because I think that screenplay is very personal to her. Yep. And however good her direction is, um, my favorite female direction of the year is hands down Honey Boy. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I do think uh, Lulu Wang will get the screenplay and that'll be kind of her calling card for this season. Um, I agree though. If you give, I, like I said, if you give 95% of the directors in Hollywood, a film about Tom Hanks, they will make it just a straight biopic about his life. They won't take it in the route that Mariel Heller will take it. She can make something that seems so cliche and boring and turn it into something beautiful. And, uh, there's a line in the film where it's like, you know, don't ruin my childhood. And I feel like she wrote that as kind of a meta to herself is like, I can't, you know, I can't mess this up. Yeah. I totally agree. A thousand percent. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording and hosting. And distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's a hundred percent free. And ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if all if you've always wanted to start a podcast making money to do it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. The next director we're going to talk about, and he's locked in in uh, Jacob and I's number three slot, and that's Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. I made a fun, I made this comment out there, and I was gonna say it, but I was like, no, I don't know. I'm gonna say it. I kind of wish The Irishman was bad, and I love Scorsese. Scorsese is one of my all-time favorite directors, and he is one of the all-time greatest directors. So I'm not saying this to sly you know, send any shade towards Scorsese or any of his movies. I just want his, I didn't want this to be great now because there's so many other movies that I feel like are worthy of this best director nomination, but it's Martin Scorsese. Everybody loved the film. It's, I would say mostly everybody loved the film and it's, and it's Martin, again, it's Martin Scorsese. I mean, um, 
I think this is a. I think this is probably he's borderline lock in my opinion for this film. I think that um, I do think that his lock nominate. I think his nomination kind of hurts Noah Baumbach as well a little bit because I still think the Netflix thing plays a factor in a lot of this. I don't think in the grand scheme of things in other categories are going to be such a big ordeal, but I think this best director one is a. This is a serious. You know, best director is one of the more serious. Not. Not that other ones aren't serious. I guess that was a stupid comment. There I am throwing up words myself there, Jacob. <laughs> but I, Best Director is taken very, very seriously when this award's handed out. And I think that um, – I don't think they're taking Netflix as serious yet. But Scorsese, Irishman, I think this is, in my opinion, I think that he's a lock. I, I think – I genuinely feel like my top four are locks, and I'll talk about the other two here in a little bit. But um, Scorsese, Irishman, what do you think, Jacob? Uh, yeah, I, we were talking before and I would have loved if this film came out and, uh, was like a gangs of New York, you know, not beloved, not getting the perfect scores that it was getting, um, which, you know, I'm going to watch it. I'm probably going to love it. (laughs) It just makes, it, (laughs) it, it just makes what Ricky and I are doing right now so much harder. That's what. You know, we we'll talk about probably Richard Jewell on another podcast, but that's we've been saying the same thing with that movie. And if that movie comes out and is good, it just makes what we're doing so much harder. But that you know, that's why we do it. Um, Scorsese, yeah, he's locked in as my three. Um, I honestly, I think anyone on my director's list can win at any given moment, even my six. I think Tarantino right now I have out, but I still think he could win. Um, Scorsese, how he controls the Irishman, uses uh, uses the VFX, uses the de-aging, goes through the entire story, you know, makes the Jimmy Hoffa movie. I just, I think it'll it'll do well, and I think Scorsese's in. Yeah, it's kind of sad, but at the same time, I don't think in my this is my opinion. Obviously, I haven't seen the film yet, but and things can change, but I don't think that Scorsese is going to win this. Um, I don't know if this movie's going oh, to Oh, I don't think in. so either, but I think I think there he could. I think they all have It wouldn't surprise I, I me. I think it's a lot more Yes. But I think that exactly. he is on my lower tier of winning. I, I have him at 3 for a reason because I think that he's almost a slam dunk lock in my opinion. Um I, I he just that's where he falls in my pecking order. I just don't I feel like this is going to be like American Hustle and it's not going to win a whole lot of awards if any at all. Oh god, when please comes. tell me this is please tell me the Irishman's not going to be like American Hustle. I think it's going I think it's got a chance outside of of 1917 uh, of being one and two for the most nominations uh, hands down. I think that's uh, that's got a strong potential. Oh no, I agree. I just don't want the Irishman to be as bad as American Hustle. Oh I just meant like when it comes to award season, obviously I will say this, I will say this. I didn't hate American Hustle like everybody did. I was highly disappointed in American Hustle and it did not deserve the award love that American Hustle got though either. Um, the biggest reason I think American Hustle got all the love it did was because of who was in the film. Yep. And that is really the only reason why it got the love it did. And that's why I'm so glad that we've kind of, we haven't got completely away from that um, as a collective whole because of last year we know what happened. But I feel like this might be one of the 
this is going to be a good year for movies because this has been there's a lot of great movies there's a lot of great to pick up there's gonna be snubs we're gonna get on this podcast Jacob and I are gonna get on here we're gonna complain because somebody wasn't nominated but at the same time I don't see a particular category right now where I would say uh, I feel like that person got you know that person didn't belong there um, there's a lot of strong categories, obviously with best actor, best director is pretty strong. Um, best actress is, uh, is somewhat okay. Um, obviously with, um, Margaret Robbie and Charlize Theron entering the picture for best actress and supporting actress. I love that with bombshell. I will say that I did say on the best actress episode, I think that was two. Um, I was on the bombshell bandwagon all the way back there. I just want to throw that out there, not to say I'm he was. Fine. He hey, he got <laughs> he got me on that one. Um, but so I will say that. But that that yeah. So I'm excited about that. I think we'll talk about that in a different podcast because, like we said, we're going to dive into these and then we're going to rehash them again. Obviously, we are only a, like we we were kind of shocked with it. We're only a month and a half away from the nominations for the Golden Globes, which Golden Globes nomination can throw everything that we're talking about for a loop um, with who gets nominated, who doesn't get nominated, especially this director category, which is going to lead to the next guy we're going to talk about. And he is in my two. And that's uh, Sam Mendes for 1917. Um, I this is one of those films that I I don't want to talk about anymore. I just want to see it. Like I just want to sit in the IMAX and I want to enjoy this film. And I think as good as it potentially has a chance to be, I might just go see it on repeat like two or three times because this is going to be a an amazing film. Period. Uh, yeah, I want to go. I this is another thing I've had to kind of push on to um, push on to regular. This was bit. one of the first oh, ones that you pushed on me already. that I've really gotten on board with. Yeah, yeah. I um, that last trailer was incredible. I when uh, when Wayward Son started coming in, I started crying, and it just in a trailer. Um, just how the trailer will probably have more cuts than the film will. And but you could still see in the trailer how some of those tracking shots are going, how how they filmed some of it to where there was, you know, there was um, had the movement of the camera and the movement of the actors in the camera and everything has to be so precise and has to be so on the on the nose where if they mess up, they've got to do the whole shot over again. Um and it's not like, you know, it's not a regular film to where you have those moments to where you can uh, you can get shortcuts, blink, and, you know, maybe time passes or something. This is going to follow them throughout the two hours that they have. So I have Sam Mendes as one. I think he's almost a lock for number one. Um, you know, just from the trailer, you can, like I said, from the trailer, you can tell, you can see all the homages. You can see the homage to uh, North by Northwest with the plane scene, uh, just how he shoots it. It's, to me, I want to sit down on IMAX, give this movie five out of five stars, and go see it again. I'm, I'm so excited for this. Uh, being the history buff I am, not having that many films about World War I, um, I'm, I'm ready to see this. I'm ready to go. I hope, I hope it starts screening soon, though, because like we said, the nominations are going to have to come out quick. And if, it, if this doesn't screen until it's December 25th release, that could hurt it because I'll let Ricky explain a little more, but 
the Oscar nominations are shortly after that. Yeah, the, so the key dates that we were looking at, and we were kind of like, we were talking about this prior to coming on the air, but these dates are so insane, like crazy back to back to back. And like my my thing that's kind of piqued my interest the most is obviously with the Globes being announced on um, the 9th, um, I'm very intrigued to see how that transitions into um, whether or not it's going to be nominated. Because like if it doesn't get nominated for the Globes, like what happens? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I kind of – I'm kind of intrigued by the idea of like what happens um, if it doesn't get like what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like what if it doesn't like it, it doesn't. Yeah. It's it's interesting because, like I said, I mean, with the nominations coming around the corner, um, it, it's um, like it's OK. So the nomination, the Globes opened the 26th. The Globes uh, voting closes the 6th and then the announcement is the 9th. So with all of the major festivals except for the AFI one um, out of the way, which is in the end of – I think it was in the middle of November, which is right yeah, – the, the 14th or the 20th, I think. Yeah, so if that's like the week before the nominations for the Globes open, and then it closes roughly 10 or so days later. And then obviously going through all of that, the final ballots are moved in, and then the votings close on December 30th. Which technically, like we talked about, this film's being released on Christmas. And then the transition from there is the Oscar nominations open on January 2nd, which is only a short week away. So I feel like somehow in the near future, 1917 is going to have to appear somewhere to be to meet something on this timeline. Um, I, the, like the direct, Director Guild uh, um, opens December 2nd. The voting for that opens the 2nd of December. And then the ending of the voting is January 6th, which is a little bit more more further apart than what the Globes is. Um, because the Globes opens the 6th but closes the 19th. The final ballots have to be mailed in by the 19th for the Globes. So 1917 is not even technically open in theaters yet by the time the Globes' final ballots are mailed in. So... That timeline kind of concerns me for 1917, but at the same time, I, I think that I'm dead set on this movie appearing in the next month. I really feel like this might show up at AFI. If it does, that is fantastic because I'm ready to hear um, people talk about it. Other than the fact that when they talk about it, I'll be like, I can't see this until December 25th. I'll be very mad, but I need to see what this picture looks like for 1917 moving forward because a movie like, uh, uh, a movie like Parasite, Parasite has been talked about all year all year and it's been released and everybody loves it everybody thinks that this is going to get some awards love bong john who uh, uh bong john ho i think is my personal lock as my number one he's my number one on my director page right now and i think that he is a surefire lock everybody loves this film i think that he i personally feel like right now i think he's gonna walk away with the director's guild award and that, to me, obviously, I think that he's just on a path to win this award. Uh, I think that he is, right now, if I had to pick, I would pick either him or Mendez for my win right now for Best Director, if I was just giving you a surefire one. But I really feel like he's going to get a lot of love um, come Oscar time for this film. Man, that was a... That was a hell of a transition. Right there. <laughs> I tried. Um, 
Yeah, I have I have him as my number five right now. Um, like I said, anyone on my list I think could win at any moment. Um, I I agree. Bong Joon Ho has gotten a lot of. I mean, Parasite's been screened all year. Has its momentum has kept going. I can't wait to see this one. Um, with you know just how good it is supposed to be. And everyone's lo- – I mean, not – it's not that everyone is loving it. It's that everyone is loving it and they're giving it 100 out of 100 scores or yep. 5 out of 5 stars. You know, it it just uh, had its first rotten review on Rotten Tomatoes to where it wasn't um, – to where it wasn't 100 percent. And oh. I'm actually looking it up right now. It is – out of 172 reviews, it has one bad review. Um, it is at an average rating of 9.36 out of 10. Um, its audience score is at 100%, and it's at a rating of 4.84%. Um, or 4.84 out of 5 stars. And so, yeah, so this movie has 171 fresh, one rotten, and all of them, most, most if not all of them, have given it a out of tens or higher so people love 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 this movie yep my thing is i like i just mentioned i have sam mendez as an ultimate lock um i just think you know for me personally uh the academy loves war films um you know they they gave the director the director nomination to a uh foreign film last year they love war films they uh they love stories they've never heard before um and they love kind of charismatic new ways to do things and of course the one the one slash long shot isn't a new thing but how it's being used and being used in this way to where i mean even even in birdman um even in Birdman a few years ago, it was quote unquote one shot, but it didn't follow us. It didn't, we didn't follow the characters in real time. We slowly moved throughout the day and we, it ended up being, you know, a total of two days in 1917. That is supposed to be the two hours and whatever minutes, two hours and 10, two hours and 20 minutes of the film. It's supposed to be the two hours and 20 minutes inside of the die of the uh, dialect of the film. And so that's why I th- just think the thought and care that Sam Mendes is putting into doing something new. I think that's what has him at number one. Bong Joon-ho, I have him at number five, almost like a placeholder right now. Um, just for when I start to see, when I start to see more of these fall into place, he's going to move up my list. When I see parasite, he's going to move up my list. I can already tell you, um, but when I see more of these falling in place, if you know, if Tarantino, if I think Tarantino's getting the nod over Noah, uh, Bomb back, that's one to where I can move Bong up and put Tarantino in at five. But um he's kind of he's kind of like a wild card of the locks to where I could put him anywhere and he would fit in perfectly. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Like I said, I, I, I love I love the idea. I can't I just buy the hype. I think that he, in my opinion, is a lock in my nominations. I've, like I said, I have a feeling uh, I'm going to list my five uh, ranked top from, from one to five. But um, 
I've got Ho at one. I've got Mendez at two. I've got Scorsese at three. I've got Quentin Tarantino at four. And I've got Merrill Heller at five. And like I said, Bombag is my six on the outside looking in. And I feel pretty confident in... I feel pretty confident. Tarantino, I'm, I'm feeling confident about it. I, I don't think... There's nothing that's going to really change my mind. I don't think unless... Unless the, the the Globes comes out and he doesn't get the nomination, that'd be weird, or that would be a very telling thing for me. I don't know why I said weird, but whatever. Um, another wild card, and I know you don't want to hear this, is Taiki Watiti. I don't even know if I'm saying Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. I think for Jojo Rabbit, um, I can't stop seeing big things about this, but. I want to see this film for myself. I've seen so many good things. I think this is one of those ones that might play well on the lower award circuit. But that's my five. Um, Jacob, I know your five is slightly different. And give us your top five with that one out as well. So my my number one is Sam Mendez uh, for 1917. Two is Mariel Heller. Three is Martin Scorsese. Four is Noah Baumbach. Five is Bong Joon-ho. And my six is Tarantino. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Globes does directors all in, in one category, so there will only be five nominations. Yep. So if I think that's going to be a strong tell, you know, if we get um, if we get Tarantino into the Globes, I think that pushes his uh, his Oscar chances. Um, I think if he misses on the Globes, he You know, he might even drop seven or just out of the top seven altogether. Um, but for my number seven, I actually agree with you. Uh, and I have Taika Waititi. I think Taika Waititi uh, and Jojo Rabbit, that seems like it's going to be a Globes sweetheart. Yeah, uh, I think, agree with that. I think Taika Waititi is going to get the nomination for the Globes over one of the five films that I have. Yep. So it comes to the fact where, you know, how how I see the Globes at this second, I see Sam Mendes being out just because no one's seen 1917 yet. And I see Taika Waititi uh, getting in just based off subject matter. I see Mariel Heller getting in based off subject matter. I see Martin Scorsese getting in based off name. I see Bong Joon-ho getting in based off – that's the only one I see getting in based off film is Bong Joon-ho. Um, and I see – I could see Noah Baumbach or Tarantino uh, in and out. Um, but I do agree. I just actually, I just watched, um, the great dictator, which is basically the same thing, but for the forties and man, did that movie get me excited to see another satirical look at a bumbling buffoonery of Adolf Hitler. Um, if you've never seen the great dictator, I highly recommend it. It's easily into my top ten of favorite films of all time. It might even be in my top five or four. Um, it was it was awesome. I'm so excited to see Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I don't know how it will do, but I'm excited to see it. I agree with you. It is it's number seven to me. I to me honestly, I will say this: the Globes. I don't think is going to have much of a change on. Okay, so if, if Bombback doesn't in, get in the Globes, I don't think he's going to get the nomination. 
in director. I don't think if Heller's not nominated, I don't think it affects her chances. Like, I feel like it, it affects certain of them. Like, Mendez, it doesn't affect, I don't think, either. Quentin Tarantino, I think, is the one that I am locked in to see what happens. If he's nominated for the Globe, I, I'm, I will confirm that. that. That's the day I will say Tarantino's a lock. I think the Director's Guild is going to be interesting as well. But they actually um, announce um the day after the globe so that's or the day after the uh the um sorry four days later after the nominations of the oscars sorry the day before i will get this timeline right here sorry i'm looking right <laughs> at it well see it's it's crazy to me because it said oscar oscar nominations open and then it says closes and i'm like oh my god which one's itch i gotta sound like a bumbling moron right now okay so the the, the nominations are announced to seven so the director's guild's actually uh um actually announced the seventh as well which is crazy um the timeline there is going to be interesting but i think the globes for me is going to be the tell for quentin tarantino which i think that he's going to get nominated for but i do think that jojo rabbit's going to get the love that it's getting talked about i just don't see it's going to get any traction when it comes to director in the oscars um which will transition to do us a favor and subscribe to the show so it drops into your box each and every week. Um, head on over to Twitter and give uh, Jacob a follow at VP Movies. Um, underscore movies. Uh, sorry, underscore movies. I'd get bumbling idiot again here. Uh, give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. Um, yeah, just like, subscribe, do whatever you do with a podcast. This is we're having a lot of fun here. If you have any comments, any suggestions, or anything like that, um, hit us up on Twitter. We love talking movies consistently, constantly. Um, I think we're gonna have a couple podcasts here in the near future where they're gonna be movie driven for movies that we've seen together. I think we'll definitely have a lighthouse podcast coming in the near future after we see it on Monday. Um, look out for any of our review um, reviews on our Twitters as well. And as always, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Go to the movies. <laughs>